Hello, hello, welcome to the official start of our VBS Maker Fun Factory VBS. Are you ready? Are you excited? Yes, so right now, Fun Makers, unite! Makers, freeze! Family, I want you to look at all of our fun makers. They're different heights, they're different colors, they're moving differently. If you could have heard, some of the sounds they were making or not making were different. Each one, individual, unique, working together to illustrate for you how different parts can come together to work. Well, all this week, at Funmaker Factory, our children are going to be learning that they were created by God, that they are individual, special, beautiful, perfectly made, and built for his purpose. All right, Funmakers, you can be seated. Oh. I don't know how to turn this off, but before some child gets upset because they can't pop it... <laughs> Someone can help me. <laughs> this morning, I have the greatest pleasure of speaking about one of my favorite scriptures. So as we think of our theme, created by God, built by a purpose, I want us to look at Psalm 139. Because it was written by David, a psalmist. The word says, he was a man after God's own heart. So I want us to look at how he describes being created by God. If we could just put up Psalm 139. And it starts like this. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. And are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You see, David understands, and he talks to us, and he paints this picture of intimacy. Why? Because he knows that his God, his creator, is close to him. He's familiar with him. He knows when he gets up, when he sits down, where he's going to go. Why? Because he's the creator. How many moms, when they had infants, could say, Oh, that's my baby crying out of a right out of a thousand babies crying because they're a part of you they came from you well that's how God sees all of us he is close he is familiar he understands he hears he knows because he is God with us going on it says you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me real quick Alice and Michelle stand up Okay? You go before me. You go behind me. Bird, I'm going to need you. And your hand, here I am, it guides me. Why? Because this way the Lord surrounds me. I'm protected. I'm sealed. And the hand, sorry, Bird, and the hand of God, right? If I'm moving, right? It can stop me if there's danger ahead, right? It can hold me when I'm afraid. It can pull me back if there's something that it doesn't want me to see. Thank you. That's a beautiful illustration because God is all around us, always with us, always caring for us. He is the God that is for us, not against us. Moving on, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. 
Sheol, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but Sheol is a Hebrew word when translated to the Greek can mean death or hell. So what does that mean? The psalmist is saying, even if I mess up, even if I decide to be oppositional and move away from the things of God, even if I make my bed in bad places that may even lead to death, even there, God is able to reach you. You know why? Because in the book of Revelations, it says that he holds the keys to death and hell. So he's able in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your despair, to reach you and touch you. Our God is so jealous over you. Do you know that he died for your sins, that you could be free? That if it was only you, he would have given his life? And David talks about this here because David was a man who messed up a lot. Yes, he was a shepherd. Yes, he slew Goliath. Yes, but he was also the man that ran away from Saul because he was afraid. He was also the man that committed murder. He was also the man that played and wrote beautiful songs that brought comfort to the king's heart. And he also became the king. So more than anyone, he knew that he served a God that loved him so much that no matter what decisions he made, his God could rescue him and save him. Because he serves a God that loves us. Moving on. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for the darkness is as light with you. People, God doesn't see things the way that we see things. You know, I think of, when I think of this scripture, I think of this um, thing in development called object permanence. And what object permanence is, is when you're with a baby, right? You know how sometimes when you have an infant, the bottle falls and they're like, because they don't know the bottle has fallen, it like disappears. Once it's out of sight, it no longer exists. But you know that a baby has achieved object permanence when the bottle falls and they look for it. Or the famous game of peekaboo, right? You're under the blanket, and what do they do? They reach over and grab it because you know you're there. So the bottom line is the psalmist is saying you can run, but you can't hide. Going on. For I formed, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. Side note, God's creation, it's beautiful. That means if God's creation is beautiful and I and you are God's creation, that means we are good stuff. Now, I don't have the swagger to pull off a of Pastor George of, oh, this is good stuff, you know, but I had to acknowledge that I'm good stuff. Because my father says that his creation is beautiful. And remember, God doesn't look at things the way we look at. There's inner beauty. There's outward beauty. There's beauty that's produced. We are his beautiful creation. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none. As I was writing this, I thought of myself, and I'm going to share a little information. I'm an oops baby, okay? And, you know, all right, so now you know I was an oops baby. And as I was writing it out, God said, what do you mean you're an oops baby? You're not an oops baby. You're not accidental. Did you not read what that just said there? Now I was writing this, oops, baby. The Lord said, read that again. And it said, okay. And I read, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none. And the Lord said, even though your parents had an oops moment, you are not an oops. 
You are my masterpiece. You are my creation. You see, right there in that scripture, there is intention. God intended. He knew I would be born. I was not a mistake. I was not an accident. And I know I'm not alone in being an oops baby. So I say to you today, you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not an oops. You are intended by God, created by him and built for a purpose. You know, and we need to hold on to that. So all week long, these kids are going to learn, God created me. And how? Through these five points. God is with us. He created us. God is with us. He is for us. I'm missing one, CJ. He will always love us, and he builds us for a purpose. So they're going to learn those things. Now, why? You may think that sounds like, oh, God loves us. God is for us. God is with us. But that is deep, deep stuff. Because when I start, when I stumble and fall, which I do, I'm not perfect, right? When I try to think of fulfilling my purpose, and if I give in to feeling insecure, if I give in to saying I'm not as good as this person, if I give in, then I'm operating in fear. But I have to say, no, I have a God that's with me. So even though I may not have the finances, even though I may not have the job that I want, God is still with me. Because, and because he loves me, he's going to open up those pathways. And because he is for me, nothing is going to come against me that it's going to stop his purpose and plan from being fulfilled. So when you know that, it becomes an anchor in your soul. And no matter what comes... You can stand. You know that song we sing, we will not be moved? You know why you don't move? Because there's a God that's with you. So you're not going to move. There's a God that loves you. There's a God that is for you. And I want you to get that tonight. Because all that is so important so that you know you're able to fulfill your purpose. It almost makes me feel when I sing those words like I'm unstoppable. Like I'm a superhero. And I know I'm just this five foot two piece of nothing. But it makes me feel strong and able. So that's how David describes the creation, right? But I want to talk about and consider a second thing. Our theme is created by God, built for a purpose. What does purpose look like? You know, I always thought that purpose meant I had to be great. I thought, like many of you know I sing. You just saw me sing, right? So I love to sing and worship. But I thought I arrived at being a singer if I were making albums, if I was singing to thousands of people, if I was writing songs, then I'm a singer. And I've even said it. Oh, I sing, but I'm not like a singer. And we do that a lot. We take what God has given us and we minimize it and we make it small and insignificant and like it's not enough. But if I serve a God that is with me, that is for me, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. I'll never forget, I sang on a worship team with this amazing, amazing woman who did sing for thousands of people and who had recorded albums. And her voice, and I'm not kidding you, you would sit there and she would belt out this note and it would like part your hair and the rest of it would like fly back. Like it was, no, I'm serious. And those who know her know that she was capable of that. And the worst thing is that wasn't even during a concert that I was made aware that I'm not like her. We were doing a sound check. And they said, sing as loud as you can. And all of a sudden she was like, boom. I mean, if I tell you the whole, it felt like the whole room shook. And they were like, okay, now you go, Melissa. And I was like, eep. You know, like it's, it felt like that. And in that moment, I said, wow, God, I am so not a Maya. And Maya, if you ever hear this, I'm so thankful that you are still singing, that you are still worshiping and keep parting here. But I said, I said, God, I'm so not a Maya. And he said to me, you know, you're not. I was like, wow, you know, and it was like, sweep. But he said, but you are a Melissa. And there are things that I've given you to pour out that she can't pour out because I did not make her that way. Right? And I always tell people, it's not the song that you sing. It's the song that God has given you to sing that you need to release before him. 
So when I look at purpose, it's not equal to greatness because God doesn't build and create things the way we think they should look, right? So I think of other people like, you know, Derek Jeter, okay? And I told my son, oh, I'm talking about Derek Jeter. He's like, well, mom, did you know today, six years ago, he hit his, he's in the 300 home run club or something. Am I right? He's not even listening to me. Am I right? 300 home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like, wow, I'm talking about Derek Jeter today. And he is great, right? I think we could all say he's a great player. He's an awesome athlete. But guess what? He can't be great by himself. Because what makes him great is that there's a groundskeeper and there's a coach and there's a team that's supporting and there are fans that are cheering. Imagine we put him alone in a stadium. He'd just be a man standing in a stadium. Because you have to look at greatness in the context. Well, guess what? You are the context in God's eyes. He doesn't compare Alice to Pastor, to Pastor George. Well, I meant to say Bert. Pastor Bert to Pastor George. He doesn't compare our talents. He doesn't compare our, our abilities. He doesn't compare our resources. What God says is you are great because I called you to be great. And what is in you is great. But have you released it? Have you released it? Have you acknowledged it? Have you seen it? Have you laid claim to it? I tell my kids that all the time. Be great because I know you are. Not because they're great. Not because they're better than anyone else. But because they serve a living God that is with them. That is for them. That is not against them. That they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Because God lives in them. I don't know. I get more excited than that. Because that just blows me the way. When the psalmist said, oh, those thoughts, that you love me so much, that you formed me before my parents could even think of me. God, that's like mind-blowing. And that's how I get. I'm amazed by it. Well, let's talk about purpose. There was a woman, and I was hoping she'd be here today. Is Ida here today? Ah, she is. Okay. How many of us know Iraida? Now we all do because I just shouted her out, right? So we all know, and I, I asked her permission. Iraida comes to church, and she has like a routine. She has to, her earphones have to be just right, her, the way she sits, the way she settles herself, right? And then she's ready. But she's electric. She's moving. She's doing, right? So you're going to say, because I'm talking about greatness, right? Well, Three years ago, and I love it because every year she says, this is my second VBS. She saw the name tags on Facebook. She goes, this is my third VBS. Wait till I tell you what she does. Three years ago, I asked Iraida, Iraida, could you take care of the garbage, make sure that the bathrooms are restocked, and fill the water jugs? If I came to some of you and I asked you to take care of the garbage, you'd probably want to punch me in the face. Right? Let's just be honest. Some of you would graciously do it, I know. But some of you might get offended that the job I gave you was to take out the garbage. But when I asked her that, you know what she did? She looked at me, she goes, cool, I can do that. She was confident. She was sure. She was ready. Little did I know what was going to happen. <laughs> because, and then people who know are laughing. Because that VBS, it wasn't that the imagination station was great. It wasn't that the kids were having so much fun. The talk of that VBS was, have you seen Iraida? Let me paint the picture. All right, Pastor Mo, I'm here. There's not one kid in the sanctuary yet. All right? She goes, she puts garbage bags into her waistband. <laughs> she has her gloves in her pocket, right? Let me tell you, that woman did not sit down. She began to move and take out garbage and take out garbage. It got to the point that I said, Ida, slow down. She's like, why? I said, we're going to run out of garbage bags. Because before you could put it in, she took it out. But it wasn't just that she did it. She was happy to do it. She was joyful to do it. I'm a part of this. I'm going to make this great. She, to me is a living example of when you say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to do. If it's scrubbing toilets, I'm going to get the best toilet scrubbing stuff and I'm going to scrub it because I'm a part of this. And you know what she did? See, I could imagine God sitting up there 
you know, kind of going, look at her go, look at her go. I did that. I created that. But you see where I'm saying, look what an excellent job he's doing. He said, he says, look at my girl. She's creating the atmosphere. She's sanitizing everything. They don't have to worry. They can keep teaching because she's got their backs. And you might think it's little, but year two, Iraida couldn't be with us every day. And we were a hot mess. It was like, Mo, there's no toilet paper in the, in the bathrooms. I don't know how to do this dispenser. We didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to unload it and lift it. In the so what did it end up? There were rolls everywhere. There were... It was horrible. There was garbage overflowing. All because she couldn't be here. Because we, she wasn't that person, wasn't holding things down, operating. And God just gave me a picture of how she set the atmosphere that nothing as simple as an overflowing garbage can would limit what would be happening that day. So thank you, Idaida, for saying, God, whatever you have for me, use me. And not only that, not only that, she set the standard for what excellence looks like. Her job was garbage. She could have come in at seven o'clock after the kids were released. She could have come at the end of the night, but no, she was the first one here and one of the last ones out because she wanted to make sure that everything was ready and ready, set to go. So she set the tone for what we needed to look like, for how we needed to behave. It was, it was just incredible. I think in the Bible story that they'll learn this week about Abigail. Abigail has found the story in 1 Samuel chapter 25. It's a story about a woman. It says her husband's name, again, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, uh, N-A-B-A-L, Nabal or Nabal. Um, Nabal, I'll say. And it says he was a harsh man. So how do we know? We know Bible scholars believe that he was abusive and that he was abusive to Abigail. Because a lot of us know we're created by God. A lot of us struggle with what purpose looks like. And I just told you, it could be anything from scrubbing a toilet to writing beautiful songs. But some of us allow our circumstances to keep back our purpose. So here you have this woman who's being abused. And what happens is when David's men, when Nabal's men are in David's territory, they were sheep shearers. So they were herding the sheep and it was whatever season sheep shearers go through. Well, David's men protected them. They made sure no sheep were stolen, that everything was taken care of. They took good care of them. They were good men. So now those same men find themselves in Nabal's territory. And David sends word and says, you know, my men are hungry. We took care of your men. Could you share of your sheep and your rations? Well, Nabal, he was a harsh and wicked man. He said, no, who are you to ask for my things? So David, being a little bit of a hothead, we know he's very, he went in there and slew Goliath. He said, all right, no problem. I'm going to kill you and everybody else in your household and everyone around. So he goes with about 200 men. He leaves some men behind and he goes to attack. But Abigail, this woman who is in an abusive situation, says, what? Everything's going to be killed. And she gathers the bread and she gathers the wine and she goes and humbly and she bows before David. And basically she tells him, look, I've come to bring you this because you were so good to our people. Have mercy on us. And you know what? When you become king, you're not going to want this blood on your hands. You're not going to want this that you did this. And she turns the heart of David. Simple act, right? Let me, I, well, it's not so simple. She was brave to go before him. But then she goes home. She doesn't tell her husband because her husband is having a party and is drunk. The next day as she tells him, the word says his heart became hard as she's telling him the story. And he dies. So now this woman who's been abused we don't know how long, is left without a husband. She's a widow. Well, guess who hears that she's a widow? David hears that she's a widow. Oh, I forgot to tell you she was beautiful and intelligent, the word tells us. <laughs> David seemed to have an eye for beautiful things. And when he hears that this beautiful 
and intelligent, and I'm sure I'm adding in bold and courageous, comes before him, he says, I'm going to Abigail and she's going to be my wife. So from her circumstance of pain, she moves in what she has, her bread and the wine in her house, and she now becomes a queen, the wife of a king. So many of us today need to learn from Abigail that even though man intends to harm, God will always use it for his good, right? Because nothing, no one, no circumstance, no situation, no lack of resource can stop the perfect plan of God, the creator. All right. Maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you're saying to me today, Melissa, David wrote that song, some Psalm so many years ago. Abigail, I never even knew the story of Abigail existed in the Bible. But I wanted you to hear this morning from real people, real people who have gotten this concept that God created me and built me for a purpose. And I've asked them just in a sentence or two to kind of say, this is who I am. So let's say I would say, my name is Melissa, raised in a single parent home. My father abandoned me. And people in church said I would never amount to anything because now I didn't have a dad. Back then, dads, I guess, stayed more than now. But God said, your name is Melissa. And I'm going to provide scholarships for you to go to school. And you're not just going to have a bachelor's. You're going to have a master's degree. And I'm going to use that master's degree. Why? And you're going to have a master's degree in development. Not because you're going to work in development. Because someday you're going to lead a children's ministry that's going to have to know about development. So you can do things like start a special needs ministry. Or you can do things like put people who you know can handle those kinds of problems. Because God has a perfect plan for all of our lives. And nothing can stop that plan. Lee, can you tell them? Right there. Just tell them. Hello, everyone. My name is Lee. I was an orphan, physically abused, neglected, ridiculed, full of rage, a runaway, on drugs, homeless, rebellious, unruly, a fighter, a beggar, a crier, a liar, an outcast, a bully, a fool. I was wounded, hateful, oppressed, insecure, desperate, vengeful, impure, I was an atheist, weak, depressed, lost, forgotten, prideful, unloved, disregarded, immoral. I had fits of rage. I had selfish, selfish ambition. I had a lawless spirit, a polluted mind, a hardened heart, a defiled body, and a darkened soul and evil desires. Have any of you met Lee? Because <laughs> that doesn't sound like Lee. See, what God said about Lee... You are not selfish. You're going to spread love. You're going to be an artist and you're going to paint paintings that are going to move people so much that they're going to have to buy those paintings to be in their house because it gives them a sense of identity. It gives them a sense of purpose. I'm going to give you a voice and you're going to sing and people are going to be moved and people are going to be changed and lives are going to be, chains are going to be broken when you open your mouth. And I'm going to give you, make you a prophet. You know why I'm going to make you a prophet? Because you thought you were all those things, but I made you like this. I made you with a voice that could not be resisted. I gave you words that would turn the hardest of hearts. And you're going to be an, you would think you were an atheist, but what you were is an on fire for God Christian who would just mightily move forward in my power. See, that's the lead that I know. And I'm sure there's many of you who could say other things. Where's Pastor E? Tell them. Good morning. My name is Ephraim Goiko. I'm the worship pastor here at the Sanctuary Fellowship. Um, I was born, I was grew, well, grew up in a crack house uh, with an addicted mom who eventually died from circumstances due to her addiction from AIDS. Um, and I didn't know what my future had. I didn't have no talent, so I didn't know I could sing. I didn't really know what the future was for me. But God had a plan for me. Amen. And now the man that you see standing up there singing every Sunday has a wonderful family, has wonderful friends, 
As a wonderful church. But wait a minute, you're telling them all for me. That's my job. Just hold on a minute. You give the man a microphone and he just, you know? <laughs> I, I, like to, I like to play with him a little bit. But you know what? Not only does he have wonderful friends, he is a wonderful friend. And I have to say, Brother E, because see, I've heard these heart-wrenching stories of using grocery bags as a book bag and not having anything. But you know, God did have a plan for your life. And he gave you a beautiful wife who saw what God's plan was for you, who was able to support you. He gave you from sleeping on peed mattresses, as he has testified, to now sleeping in a home that you own, that you purchased, that you shouldn't have, that against all odds, you shouldn't be in. So you know what? When, he's, when he sings, God, you're making all things new, you can't understand that. Like he has experienced that because God created him and lifted him from nothing because he said, I have a purpose and a plan for Lee. I have a purpose and a plan for Ephraim. They are not what their circumstances dictate. They are not a label. They are my masterpiece. And they are great. They are great. I have one more for you whose story is not finished yet. Priscilla, where are you? Okay. Morning. Um, I'm a single mom. I got pregnant out of wedlock on May 3rd. I went in for routine diagnostic um, prenatal care and the test showed that my daughter has an extra X chromosome. So we all know we're only supposed to have two. And if it's a boy, it's an X and a Y. It showed in my placenta and in my blood work that she has three. So I had to sit in front of a genetic counselor and they, I feel they set you up to expect the worst, you know. I had to listen to them tell me that she could be mildly retarded, she could have delays, she can have some motor skill issues, um, she would be of tall stature, um, but each baby, it affects every baby differently. Some babies get seizures. So, you know, they just, they want, they presented the worst to me. But you know what she told me? I spoke to her. And you might say, why are you having Priscilla testify? Because didn't I say there is no oops baby? Right? I'm having Priscilla testify because Priscilla loves God. She loves the young people of this church. And she's a living example of how human each and every one of us is. Right? But I love her because she knows I have a God that's with me. I have a God that's for me. And I have a God that loves me. And I said to her, Priscilla, you seem very excited. You know what she said to me? Mo, I saw the sonogram. And she looks perfect. And you know why that's amazing? That's amazing because she is perfect, Priscilla. Because God designed her. And you know what? When God looks at each and every one of us, even our special needs children, he doesn't see a disability. He doesn't see a deformity. He doesn't see our weakness. He doesn't see where we lack or what we don't have. He sees perfection because he is the perfecter. He delights over his creations because he is the creator. This morning, you need to hear that everything you have to achieve your purpose, you've already been given. You don't need to look like, do you know for many years, I never gave a testimony? I didn't really think I had one. I was born in church. All right. I walked in church, lived in church my whole life. I wasn't a drug addict. I don't have these crazy testimonies that many people in this room have. But God said, but I didn't make you like that. That's not your purpose and plan. And, and I was very faithful as a young person. I messed up later as an adult. That's kind of weird, right? <laughs> all right. But for all those years, I felt like it was nothing because I didn't make up. But young person, that's not nothing. That's amazing in this world. If you can walk straight, if you can do what's right, if you can stand for something that is real and that you believe in, don't think that you don't have a testimony. 
Any knucklehead can mess up. You don't have to. And that's okay. And we're going to celebrate that too. So today, I just want you to know that you were created by God and built for his purpose. And I believe that some of you may not believe that. Because I do believe that if all of us really believe that, when we sang those worship songs, we will not be moved or, you know, all those things that we love. I raise my banner high, you know, things like that that we sing. This place couldn't contain the excitement. We would be jumping, shouting. It's unbelievable. So this morning, I'm going to ask as we stand and as we close, if you could all please stand. This morning, and if the worship team could come, I want to pray for those of you whose maybe self-esteem needs a little boost, who maybe said today, you know, I know that God was the creator, but I really didn't think that he could use me or that he needed me or that even the whole word purpose means the reason for existence. There's a reason for your existence and it doesn't have to look like anybody else. Purpose is not equal great. You are great for in you is greatness. So this morning, let's bow our heads. And this morning, if you need, if you're saying, you know, Mo, that's me. I just have put myself down or I've let my circumstances hold me back. Or maybe I just need to know that God is with me. I need to feel that he is for me. If so, could you just lift your hand this morning? Because we want to pray with you. Amen. 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 I'm going to do this a little differently today. So I'm going to ask as I pray. I'm going to ask, just keep your hands raised. Prayer team, ministers, pastors, you see these hands, congregation, if you feel comfortable praying, would you surround, that's a lot of people, would you just surround the person closest to you and just begin to pray for them? I know it's different, we're not used to this, but can we just begin to do that? Just begin to go to people, just begin to lay hands on them. Jesus, and if no one has gotten to you by the time I finish praying, you can feel free to come forward. We'll find you. I don't want to leave here without us laying hands on you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. You are the creator. Forgive us, God, if we've made that small. Forgive us, God, if we have not acknowledged you in our lives. Lord, nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is too great. No pain, as overwhelming as it is is bigger than you so God I ask that you touch every heart here Lord God those hands that are lifted Lord you knew they would be lifted even before they lifted so I ask you to meet their need I ask you to to break off depression break off hopelessness Lord break off feelings of insecurity Lord for those that are lacking resources that say I don't even have another meal in my refrigerator God you are the God of resources I ask you to open the heavens Lord and rain down the resources that your people need oh God Lord for those that struggle with their past oh God I ask you oh God to let those chains once and for all be loosed that they would not be bound by their past they would not be bound by a label they would not be bound by a word that was spoken against them oh God in the name of Jesus I ask that you break through I ask for healing for those struggling with disease and sickness those that feel that they can't take it anymore I pray for the caretakers who are tired oh God I pray for those who struggle every day oh God that you would make it new for them oh God that you would refresh them that you would restore them that you would heal them oh God and make Make a way where there seems to be no way, oh God. So Lord, just have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way, Jesus. 
Oh, Lord, if no one has come to you, can I ask you to just make your way here so that we can make sure? Because you are each unique, each individual, each worthy of being prayed for. If no one has made their way to you, please come forward. We will pray for you.
Jesus. I don't know about you, and I don't know if it's because the sermon is over, <laughs> but I just feel like God has released something today. I'm believing that God has released destiny, that God has released purpose, that God has released new vision, that God has released healing, that God has released victory. Because you know, last week I stood here afraid, saying we need to make the impossible possible. Well, look around you. It has become possible. Yes, yes. And we needed that. You know why? We have more children pre-registered this year than any other year. We're opening the doors with 80 kids. We only have room for 150, but the impossible has been made possible. Yes, so as yes. we go out today, we got to just sing something umpy. We got to sing something that just declares victory in the name yes. of Jesus. Are you with me, people? <laughs> no, no. Are you with me, people? Hey. All right, then let's do this. Let's ready. <laughs> Overcoming here today. See, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Now the darkness, see, see, now the darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to the hope beyond. Oh, creation waits, oh, creation waits with an expectation. With an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God. Oh, we will not be moved when the earth is waved. For the reason one has overcome. For every fear and for every fear, there's an empty race. For the reason one has overcome. Now the silence breaks In the name of Jesus As the heavens cry Let the earth respond Oh creation shout, shout Sing with the voice of triumph To declare the reign of the Lord our God We will not be moved Say we will not be moved When the earth is
testimonies of what God has done or what God is now doing in your life that we can just be here and bless each other all day or week or month or year you know but if you're one that's going through the process through the transition if you're if you're going through it right now believe as you heard so many testimonies here today that he is not finished he is the God of the last word man he has the last word. And there's greatness in you because he is great. So I want to release you today. You are blessed, and I say that to close every service because I believe as I am blessed, then I need to be a blessing to others. So you are blessed. Go out and be a blessing. Have a wonderful week.